Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. I don't think Ryan and Ted, like, if they were looking for a third guy on their pod, would, would necessarily take care of me quite the way that Bell does. But yeah, anyway. like, we don't pay. So. <laughs> yeah, so well, that, there you go. That's the first one, and I mean, I don't think there's too many, like, Hey, do you guys have any national sports broadcaster jobs available in Kelowna? We don't. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, don't. Exactly. Actually. There's not a lot of those there. No, not really. Are you ready? Are you kidding me? That's what? Yeah, every so often it happens that Ryan is right. 100% right. Not even a little <laughs> bit right. Tucker Pullman, two points last game. No kidding. My man. Hey, neither does me running shirtless, but that turned out very well. It so. did. Welcome to the PP1 podcast. No intros needed today. None. No no preface. You see the screen. We see the screen. We're, we're down to business today. Mm-hmm. This is a special PP1 podcast. Not only because... Um, you and I are in person once yeah. more. This yeah, is, that hasn't been for a while. This is, uh, feels like pre-COVID. Um, we have this uh, self-proclaimed uh, clone envy uh, guest, uh, James Duffy from TSN. You might have seen him on TV. You may have heard his podcast. Um, apparently, everyone has a podcast. Yeah, you could have been watching the Amazing Race Canada wrap-up episode. Yep, also <laughs> possible. Also possible. Ted, Ted, I think you're the only one who remembers I did that. He is because I asked. I said, "Are you sure?" He goes, "No, for sure, for sure." So, uh, you remember so, uh, what uh, what you missed out on, Ryan? There is that I, uh, you know, they were trying to make me look kind of reality show after show hip for that show. So I had like you know just a nice dress shirt on and jeans, but yeah, I had maybe one extra button open, oh, no. which was. <laughs> In retrospect, a mistake. You know, they had like a stylist there because once you get into the reality shows, they have oh, stylists yeah. and stuff. TSN has none of that crap. And uh, so she said, "Yeah, one more button." And then my, I heard about it a lot from my buddies. So anyway, no, well, that's and that's what we do. That's what that's what us guys do. If if there's like a remote chance we can yeah. like bust yeah. you, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. So James yeah. Duffy, uh, he's basically the godfather of trade deadline day, and. Um, which is, I, I, I've said this for as long as hockey has been in my blood, this should be a national holiday, even though it has, you know, it has changed over, over the years. I still believe that trade deadline day needs to be a national holiday. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I will keep pining for this. Um, it's a big, can we compare the, the trade deadline day for the NHL to the CFL? Is that, is it the same? Are we close on those? I, well, I mean, I wouldn't want to anger uh, BC's own Farhanology. Uh, he was already busting chops today on you, so apparently uh, the Peloton crowd is very, very, uh, very brutal. So I would say, like, over the years, certainly the NBA has maybe surpassed the NHL as far as, like, the quality of deals that happen. They still don't do a 10-hour show like we do, but mm-hmm. they're getting close to that. 
But uh, yeah, I don't think any league has really captured the spirit of what we do on Trade Center yet. Not I don't yet. know if that's a that's necessarily hey, a, it's Brad, good or Brad. bad thing. No, <laughs> hey, right. you know what? I think the NHL they've they've made it a thing, and obviously, if I mean at the time when. I, I guess it would have been like early 2000s and when trades really did come down to the deadline, not like the week prior, three days before. And there'd be the odd one where you guys are sitting there like, well, um, please, baby Jesus, make sure there's a trade today because we have 10 hours and uh, we're going to start yeah. talking about pizza toppings. So I was uh, just uh, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. and I can't remember the year. You guys can probably look it up on your uh, computer machines. But uh <laughs> Uh, there was one particular year that was really slow. And I want to say it probably goes back like 2013, 14 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we had nothing like from, we go on at eight o'clock in the morning and there's usually, it's usually quiet in the morning. That's just the way it is. But you know, yeah. usually you get a, you get one trade at 10, trade at 11, something like that. And then it starts to heat up in the afternoon. We had nothing until, I don't know, one o'clock. And the trade that happened was uh, uh, two hockey legends. Uh, it was uh, Rob Flick for <laughs> Maxime Sauve. I don't know if any either one of them had Max set Sauve. foot in the NHL. And that was the first deal that we had that day. And yeah, it was it was ludicrous. And we actually, you know, that that trade, if it happens any other day of the year, doesn't even get a whiff of a mention anywhere on TSN or any of the networks. It might not even and make the that, ticker. And on that day, we probably spent 15 minutes. And then we had we had Rob Flick on the phone. You know, I always do the phone interviews after the guys get traded. And I think my first question to Rob Flick was, uh, Rob, uh, welcome to Trade Center. James Duffy with you. Uh, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> I play hockey. How does that work? Because yeah. the, the phone thing's great. Like when you when somebody gets dealt, is there just like it just goes out to the league, like gentleman's agreement? James is calling. No, well. You know, I, I, Gino actually, uh, it, it, this doesn't make any sense because every other network in the world, you'd have a, a team of people calling people. But Gino actually does this for us when he's not on air. Uh, he, you know, between the insiders and myself and, and Gino, we have a lot of the players' numbers. So Gino kind of off camera will uh, um, will call a guy if he gets dealt, if we have the number or call the agent and try and get the guy on the line. And then Gino will basically yell at me. We got him or yell at the producer or the producer will say in my ear, we have a blank blank on the phone and, uh, and off we go. And it's, that's one of the challenges for me because frankly, sometimes my head is spinning and I'll get a guy and it happens really rapidly, right? It'll be like, oh, yeah. uh, I'm just trying to think of a random player who was traded last year. I can't even think of any, but uh, okay. James, we got Ryan Dezingle on the phone. There you go. And and I'll, in my head, I'll start the interview. I'm like, where the hell did he get traded to? <laughs> like, right? It's Sometimes one of those, I'll, you know it, but on the spot, yeah, like, oh, shit, I forgot everything yeah. I know about the sport. Ryan, uh, congratulations. Uh, how do you think you'll fit in with your new team? <laughs> you know? <laughs> that kind of deal yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully it comes back to me at some point like when you meet somebody that you like haven't seen for a while and you bump into them and you're like hey, hey buddy hey man this is my wife yeah and then and then oh yeah this yeah. is and then if it gets to the awkward spot i am terrible for that because i just i'm not a fantastic name person and so i told my wife the one you know it's not a, a curse of this business but 
you know, people will recognize you. And, and, and there are some people who, you know, who handle it the wrong way. Like you, you meet them in an airport once, like 12 years ago, and then they see you again and they're like, hey, James, yeah, remember me? And I'm no. Like, no, I know, but I, and I'm terrible. I'm always like, yeah, yeah, how's it going? Because I don't, it's Rob Flick. Come on. I don't like, yeah, I don't like hurting people's feelings. So I'm like, yes, yes, how are you? And I, so my wife is very well trained to say, hey, I'm Cheryl, what's your name? And, you know, to help me out that way. Oh, amazing. that's smart. Now, now yeah. you said you're not good at names, but um, now I did some some pre scouting. The last two weeks, I've been pretty good on this. this yeah, no, you're, yeah. So, and now Wikipedia, as we know, is, is factual. Everything on the internet, as you and I and Ted all know, is 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 accurate to hundred and one percent. Is your full name actually James Forbes Duthie the Sixth? And if so, here's my second question: Do you get an honorary mention in the Forbes list every year? Actually, believe it or not, Wikipedia has understated because I oh, I am ooh. James Forbes Duthie the Sixth. But I, my real name is James Forbes Ryburn Duffy. If the other one didn't sound pretentious enough, uh, wow. those are the two, the two names of my grandfathers. So on my dad's side was Forbes. Yeah. On my mom's side was Ryburn. I guess I didn't really like Ryburn's a weird name, so I, I usually just go by the Forbes. No offense, to my other grandfather. You know, obviously on my passport, I'm James Forbes Ryburn. Right. Uh, but right. my friends actually call me Forbes. A lot of my friends from. Uh, uh, high school call me Forbes. Um, oh man, I need to hear this like on Trade Center next week. Like that needs to get dropped <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I don't know that any guys at the work. Everybody at work calls me Jimmy, so I don't even know if they know the Forbes thing. But I am the sixth, uh, and my it's dad weird. would always tell me. Uh, my dad's passed away now, but he'd always say, "You know, your son has to be uh, the seventh. And uh, my wife basically from day one was like, "The madness ends right here." <laughs> <laughs> There will, there will be no James Forbes the seventh, and it's wow. weird because it sounds like just an old Scottish thing. Because we're like, my dad came from dirt poverty. It's not like we, you know, it sounds a lot more prestigious and regal and rich than it is. But it was definitely was not. That's awesome. So Wikipedia got it. We'll say right, obviously. Semi right. Yeah. That's semi right. That's that's pretty impressive. I now like I'll I could just stay home all day because. Uh, and just hopefully a Forbes gets dropped on there somehow. And okay. I'm just going to tweet at everybody and find out, like, we need to hear one. And I'll be like, this podcast is a success. We don't have to do right. another one after this. I'll see what I can do for you. Or not. Or not. So, um, excellent. Um, so, I mean, you're also uh, an established uh, author. We've got, uh, you've done beauties and you've got uh, the guy on the left. That's going to be my next read. Beauties is absolutely awesome. Um, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, I mean, I, I always get these books for Christmas and it takes me to like August to read them. And then I'll just plow yeah. through like five in like a week kind of thing. Um, right. was there one of these moments where like you've made it, but you're just thinking like, I can't, or like one of these stories where like, you know, where, where you're at in, in, you know, the, the sports sphere. And yet you still think you're like, I can't believe this happened. Like, is it, have you had one of those where like, it hasn't made a book and you're like, this is ridiculous, right? Like in your head. Oh, like a, you have a story, something that's happened to me. Yeah. Not something like I heard for beauties or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, I mean, I, I think I say it in beauties. Uh, one of the ones is when, when I started out on that book, I didn't know if anybody was going to call me back. Right. You, 
you still have, you always have that insecurity that will anybody really want to talk to you, even though I've been doing this job for a long time and I know a lot yeah. of these guys, but well, and you know, Bobby Orr, for instance, I had, a, you know, I'd interviewed Bobby before, but I didn't have any sort of relationship with him, uh, no friendship or anything really, uh, besides saying hi when I saw him somewhere. And he was one of the first, I sent an email, you know, dear Mr. Orr, I'm doing this book. I know there's been a lot of books written about you. Um, is there any stories that you might have that aren't in any of your books that you might want to share with me? And I sent that note at like 1030 on a whatever Monday night or something and said, well, I hope he gets back to me. That was in September, like before February. Right. And I don't know, eight o'clock the next morning, I get an unknown call on my cell and, uh, I pick it up and, and hey, James, it's Bobby. Are you ready to hear my story? And I was like, well, <laughs> well, 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 what, what, what? <laughs> and I tell the story in my book. I still hadn't figured out how to record phone conversations or right, you know, do all right. the stuff yeah. that authors are supposed to know. And, and so the only thing I could think of was to put my phone on speaker, get my wife's phone and press the voice memo record and do it that way. But my <laughs> wife was like on Amazon or like ordering something or she was talking to some store and I'm like, right. honey, honey, it's, it's Bobby. I got Bobby on the phone. And she's like, yeah, no, do, but do those, do those come in an extra small? And I'm like, no, honey, Bobby, no. Bobby, Bobby, Orr, I need French. And I, this went yeah. on for like three minutes until I, she finally figured out that, uh, you don't know, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't know how important this is. Yeah. So the, I mean, that was one, uh, I, I think that, uh, in my early days at TSN, like in the first few months I was at TSN, uh, I got to interview Ronnie Lott, who, uh, for the your listeners who don't know, was a uh, awesome safety for the San Francisco 49ers and was my favorite football player. Like Ronnie Lott and Tim Raines baseball were my probably two favorite athletes. And the last athletes I really worshipped before I got out of the stage of worshipping athletes, right? And got into mm -hmm. the business. And and Ronnie Lott came to TSN for something and I got to interview him. And I think that was a moment where I sat there going, holy crap. Like, <laughs> not that I've made it or anything, but I just Things never thought that, yeah, I just never thought this little kid from the suburbs of Blackburn Hammond would ever get to do these things. And so that was, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that was one oh, of those yeah. cool moments, cool moments for me. And uh, another one would have been, I suppose, uh, Tiger, I can't remember if I was told the story of the guy on the left, but. I went to the 2005, one of the great things about the lockout in 2005 is I got to cover all four golf majors and golf is a big passion of mine, as you guys may know. And uh, we'd never all gotten the more any reason he needs to cover Kelowna. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I know. Exactly. Um, we uh, had never gotten a one-on-one -on -one with Tiger Woods after he'd won a major. TSN is usually there, but we're so far down the pecking order, it's not even feasible, right? And when mm -hmm. a guy wins a major, usually he only does whoever is doing the network like let's say when cam smith won uh, the players on monday he would have done an interview with uh you know with nbc and then he would have done his normal news conference and that would have been it so right. we basically had felt they had no chance of getting tiger and i i kind of sucked up to his agent all week uh mark steinberg and and sucked up and then waited outside the the bbc abc tent where they were going to do the one-on-ones right after he won yeah. and just kind of hung out there and Tiger and his entourage come and Steinberg's there. And I talked my way in, was able to get a one-on-one -on -one with Tiger. And I do remember, you know, that's 2005 at the height of Tiger 
mm-hmm, maybe right. uh, you know before the Perkins waitresses and all that stuff. So uh, <laughs> uh, specifically um, Perkins waitresses. He, he was probably the most famous athlete on the planet at that time, and I, I do remember sitting there going, you know, holy crap. Uh, at, at St. Andrews as well, right? So yeah. that was a. Uh, those were some of the moments that really stick out so, in my head. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just. You were talking about the one-on-one. Obviously, you got that one-on-one with Tiger, and I was thinking about a one-on-one that you had with Luongo after he was traded back to Florida. Right. <laughs> this is us, the us being. This is a Vancouver Canucks podcast, basically, and we're out. We're out on the West. Can you please share with us what trombone one means? Because none of us know. Please. And the rumor is that you do. Please. <laughs> this this is like, I've been waiting. Like, this was one of those things. Is this the only reason you guys had me on? This is literally, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was looking and I'm going through, like, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, the one-on-one with Luongo. This might be the only chance that, that this, now it's been enough time. And I think the people need to know. <laughs> well, I, uh, and I'm not, I, I would tell you if I knew 100% what it was. Okay, I, I really would. He has never told me exactly what it is. But it, I think if you look at the word, there's, it's just, it's some, you know, bunch of guys, young buddies, some sort of, I think there must be some sort of penis connotation there okay. or That's something, fair. right? That's, okay. It's something, it's something stupid guyish sexual, I believe. Okay. Yeah, right? that's good enough. I, you know what? That's further than we were five minutes ago. So <laughs> I think, and, and I, I might be totally wrong because I, I know I asked him and I know he didn't tell me exactly but I think at some point he inferred to me that that's what it was. Like figure and, it out. You, here's essentially yeah, I, what it is. Figure it out. Yeah, essentially what I the way I just sort of said it to you. He's like, just figure it out. It's dumb. It's stupid guy I stuff. I, I think. I think that's, now he could hear this and say I'm totally wrong. I, but as far I doubt as that, I, mean, I doubt he will hear this. Did I ask him that? Did I ask him that in the one on one? Is that why you I did? Yeah, that? I and think he, it was like almost he, the last question. Oh, okay. So now this uh, is mid-interview with you, so hopefully you know you don't leave after this one. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I just <laughs> I, I I don't remember that interview except for uh, you know except for the whole uh, I want you know we we got a divorce and she wanted me back or whatever that that great quote from it and my contract was that the my contract, contract sucks interview no no that was, that was he did tired. that at the news conference yeah yeah that was. Uh, yeah, that I, I do remember that interview flying down to Florida for that because it was the first time he'd spoken since the whole the whole trade of Schneider yeah. at the draft. It was, and I don't really do a lot of exclusives. You know what I mean? I don't I don't do that a lot. But uh, uh, you know, I, I had a pretty good relationship with Louis, and uh, and yeah, so that was a that was a. I remember him. You know, he legitimately is a really good dude. Uh, he's oh a, yeah, he's a. He's a legit good dude, and and he was not nervous for that interview, but he was he was he was careful because he he really did love Vancouver. He just hated the way it ended, and he I remember him not wanting to come across in any way looking, you know. Uh, he's just a good. He's just he, he's a good dude, and and yeah. it was and it was and it was different for me because I know him very well. And, uh, but I have to ask, you know, I had to ask the tough questions and he knew that going in, but, uh, I mean, you did go yeah. to Florida. 
So yeah, I did. I did go to Florida to I do have it. Some so. stuff I have to get off for everybody. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. yes. Um, you uh, talked about you, you talked about the the slow trade deadline day. What was it like? 2014, 2015? The Max Sove, Rob Flick trade deadline right. day. How does it? I mean, normally it's fairly active. There's a there's a fair amount going on. Some some years are bigger than others, and and it's all these insiders. I feel like what we see on TV is that all these insiders sort of gathering in one place, and it's like. Who has all the context? Who's breaking the news? Like, how does it work there when somebody breaks something? Is it like, is it almost like, like cops getting together with their informants and saying like, I'm the one that broke it first. And it's like this bravado or is it like chill? Like I just, env- I envision just this incredible amount of hustling going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and I don't really have a full picture of what those guys do because I've never actually sat back with them. It's always, you know, Gord, Bob, Pierre, Dregs. Chris Johnston will be part of that now. And uh, I'm at a separate desk with all a million other things to worry about, right? So in some ways, I see as much as you guys do at home. I will say this, though. I think in, I'll give you one little inside baseball. I think often it's the opposite of what you think, that instead of those guys rushing to break the stories themselves, they actually give the scoops to the guy next to them to protect their source right right oh, okay that's, that's so interesting so if everybody knows that darren drager is uh close to so and so assistant general manager or general manager right right uh, yeah. that possibly if dregs were to get something he would give it to bob and bob would report it which just i, I again this is partially just my belief but i i believe that has happened at times i don't know if that happens that as happens you've been in the room that's how you feel <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah so i think that that's kind of stuff goes on they they also have to divvy up you know who they talk to because a lot of them during the year have the same sources you know if uh, uh you know just because it's i'm just throwing out a name because it's your market so if jimmy rutherford uh, knows bob well knows drags well knows pierre well not all three of them are going to be phoning Jimmy Rutherford at the same time to bother him, right? So I think right. with the insiders, there's a divvying up of, uh, you know, okay, I got these this five, six teams, you got this six teams, whatever, whatever, and and they go that way. And sometimes there's a piggyback, but uh, for the most part, they try to they try to divvy it up and make sure all the teams are covered that way. There are times where I get stuff. I can remember there was one particular year where. It was a contract year for me, so I was in like contract negotiations, and so uh, uh, I had a buddy who worked for an agency, and he was feeding me so much stuff because he wanted me to make make me look good. It was the one year where I was just, I was just getting scoop after scoop, and I can remember looking back at Bobby, and he's like, "What is going on? How are you getting?" <laughs> that was going to be my have... question. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, do you ever get scoops, and you're like, "Let me break one. Let me break one." Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? Yeah, and, and, you know, mostly I don't care because that's not my job. And uh, I actually pride myself on being the outsider because the one thing I also think that, uh, you know, with those guys, the real challenge they have is they, man, they have to do a lot of, uh, people get mad at them on that day, right? Like oh, people yeah. will say, you know, don't report this or whatever. And maybe they're forced into reporting it at, 
if they have other information and and they end up having to do massaging after the day is over with with a lot of their contacts and and I, I've never wanted I've always wanted to not have any of that to do a and B I always want to feel because my my role is usually with the other panel analyzing games that I don't want to I don't want to be real good buddies with some assistant general manager if I have to rip his team or or rip the right. job they're doing which is, I don't do that a lot but you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. I, I prefer I don't have a lot of the close relationships that those guys have with uh, with GMs or and even players I used to know a lot more players than I do now uh, like 10 15 years ago I'd probably have 200 players phone numbers but there came a point where you know, I'm at the draft and I start to feel creepy as like a 40 year old man asking some 18 year old guy for his number. Right. But, and, I mean, I guess that's the business, but yeah, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> and I know it really legitimately felt that way to me. So I just stopped, I stopped even bothering. And, you know, the relationships I have with a guy like Luongo, those are few and far between now. And I yeah. almost think it's better that way to be just at a distance from him. Right. But you kind of know your spot, I guess, like as far as how like your your role at TSN and, and Bell Media, like you, you kind of know where you sit, like you're not asked to be like all of right. these things like this is kind of where you sit. So for you to have all that, those extra contacts, not like they're not great, but it doesn't really serve. Anybody. It doesn't matter. I, I, don't, I don't need I don't need to break stories. And if I get a piece of information, I'll usually just pass it off to, to one yeah. of the guys anyway. I mean, my job is to be like what you guys do. My job is hopefully to ask the questions like you're asking today or what people want to know at home. I mean, not what Strombone One really means, but you know what I'm saying. That That's, is going to be the big thing uh, that we talk about uh, after, though. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> essentially, my job is to be a somewhat informed fan. Who will right. hopefully ask the questions that the people at home would like to ask in most occasions. Right. Um, so, as we said, this is a, a Canucks-based podcast, PB1 podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, a couple of years ago, kind of how it all started, we, everyone's always talking, who's going to be on the power play? Well, there is a guy on the power play that everybody's talking about. He's done okay uh, this season. He's done okay in the last you know 50 or so games, JT Miller. Um since he's essentially played himself, you could say either off the market or to a point where it's almost unreachable for some teams, like has, has the Canuck situation like realistically changed since this has kind of all come and real, like they're one point out of a wild card, but realistically they're one point out of a wild card. And the same thing could still be said that a guy like JT Miller you know, as far as this market is concerned, and because we talk about it all the time, that he should, you know, if we could get a King's Ransom for him and, and build for the future, that'd be great. But like from, I guess, what you're hearing or what you guys see from out east there, because we're in the absolute fishbowl and vacuum of, of the lower or of British Columbia, what does right. it look like from, from your guys' view? And like, what is what are everybody kind of saying um, that way that what the Canucks are trying to get into? Well, again, I'll preface this with being, with being I don't pretend to have any uh, real inside information. I'll leave that to the other guys. I, I would say that there's no way he gets traded just because, like mm. you say, they're they're too much in the hunt and he's been their best player, essentially. Uh, the other thing I would add to that would be there are still people, you know, the unrealistic ideas of the other teams. Uh, let's say Toronto, for instance. Uh, you know, the general thought would be, all right, why don't we go get JT Miller? We'll give them a first round draft pick and Pierre Engvall and a couple of things, right? And it's just so, that is a typical, and I'm not just throwing Toronto fans, like uh, that is the typical reaction, right? 
let's get we'll give our first round draft pick and a couple other things. Yeah. And I, I, I know for a fact that if for you know, just because we're using that example, the Leafs uh if the Leafs were to really want JT Miller and the Canucks decided they were gonna trade JT Miller, you know, it would be like the Rasmus Sandines and William Nylanders of the world that would be it would be those you know one of those along with a first round pick it's not you're yeah. not getting a first round pick in garbage you're getting something Hot substantial yeah. uh, you know a real substantial young player and other stuff i think mm. that guy is that guy has played himself into like you say uh you better get a bonanza or or forget about it with with another year on his contract so mm. i just don't think that's happening i think besser's much more of a, a realistic possibility whether it be now or or uh or maybe maybe more likely later um but i i think that there's a a better chance that Bester's not with the canucks when next season starts for sure interesting oh, okay interesting that i'm not saying it heart. won't be it would hurt my heart but we're I'm also not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying Bester's getting traded no, no 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 one, <laughs> we, we're not gonna we would never do that because quite frankly i don't think anyone would be like uh, those guys don't know what they're talking about. I would just think way more than way more than uh, I would be uh, much more surprised JT Miller got traded than I would be if, if Brock Besser got traded. <laughs> um, back to the trade thing. So we had uh, we had Vern Fiddler on the show a couple of years back, and he was telling this crazy oh, story yeah. about when he was dealt that his phone was actually stolen and he wasn't able to receive the call. He had oh no, no it broke. It broke or something. Yeah, yeah. Being repaired and then the person like lost all of his data and like all of his right. contacts and then wiped his phone. Like it was a ridiculous story. Um, and everyone and their dog was trying to get a, a hold of Vern to let him know that he'd actually been dealt. And it made me think that that's one guy and you guys deal essentially with all the guys. Like you have information for everything when it's happening. So do you have any like just, ridiculously random stories that that took place over the years with players one or more or whatever that you're just in that mode of like i can't believe it happened like that so crazy well uh i mean the one it's you guys might remember is uh why am i having a brain cramp right now too long a day uh chris uh you know brother anthony's on sportsnet uh oh stewart chris stewart yeah Stewart. chris stewart sorry yeah yeah chris stewart so when Chris Stewart got traded from, I don't know, Minnesota to Buffalo or something like that, or vice versa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was one of those situations where Gino yells, we got Chris Stewart on the line and suddenly he's live on TV. And I say, Chris, uh, what's your reaction to the deal? And he says, what's the deal? And I, <laughs> I say, well, you don't know where you're going? And he goes, no. Oh. And I said, oh, okay, you're, you're going to Minnesota. And he's like, oh, okay. And that was, that was extremely awkward. Um, yeah, got the tension. And I did, you know, every, the, everyone in the studio was kind of laughing, which made it, you know, it was funny at the moment, but I do, you know, try to remember on these days, as much as it's a bit of a clown show and we have llamas and things mm -hmm. sometimes in the studios, I do try to remember that these are lives that are impacted, right? And right. Uh, not just the player, but wives and kids that get yanked out of school. I I do have a, a conscience and a heart to think of that at the bottom of my head. And so I, I felt awkward about that because, you know, I guess it's good TV to break a trade to a guy where he's going and he handled it incredibly well. But 
that's not the way you should find out about a trade. And in oh, his no. case, you know, because our insiders are so good and, you know, and we're quick to pick up the phone, we got the guy's number, boom, he's on and, and no one's told him he's been traded and, and it's live on the air. So uh, that's definitely one. There was another one where my good buddy Dutchie bagged me really badly. Uh, Aaron Ward, before he was a panelist, got traded. And I knew Aaron. Um, and he, we went to the same high school in Ottawa. And he, he called me and said, I just got traded to, uh, traded to Boston, from the Rangers to Boston, I think. And so I, I literally crawled under the desk to take the call. He's like, yeah, I just got traded from the Rangers to Boston. So we're in a commercial break and I guess, or went to commercial break. We come out of commercial break. I said, Aaron Ward's been traded to, from the Rangers to the Bruins. And, and I threw over to Dutchie for something for an update. And Dutchie's like, hey, good job on that trade. Where'd you get that from? And I'm like, oh, just the sources. He goes, no, Aaron called you. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> you know, Dutchie's the best. I love this impression giving, too. <laughs> he's the best at giving you the gears, right? But that was not, that was a that was one where he shouldn't have said that, and that because now, you know, the Rangers or the or the Bruins are screaming at Aaron, saying, "Why did you leak that trade? We haven't even told the other guys." So, that was another one that stuck out of my head. <laughs> oh, it's it's such a like, it is such a an interesting day as a whole. I think, like I said, I love it as a kid. You know, you always tried to like, oh yeah, I think I'm coming down with something. I should probably stay home. <laughs> Right. And like, it's just, it's just had like this aura to it. And I think it has changed a little bit, obviously with um, social media and everything now as well. But it's, I think it still holds that special place in uh, a lot of hockey fans, especially in Canada anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's about breaking trades as much no. anymore. Right. That, that's no. what it used to be about, right. Who broke the most trades? Nobody cares sure. anymore. Yeah. The teams break half of them. You know, does it, does, does anyone care if Pierre Lebrun tweets something 30 seconds before yeah. Elliot Friedman? No one cares no. at all. So I think it's more about, you know, getting the information out there correctly and doing good analysis and having fun. And, uh, and that's basically the way we look at it. Mm -hmm. It's look at, it's complete and utter lunacy. Yeah. We, we all know that, <laughs> right? Like we, Cards are on the, table. the people, the, the people that always go like, Oh, what are you guys, you guys idiots doing the show? We know it's dumb. Yeah, we we, are, we have we have self-awareness on this yeah okay? and that's that's the reason we have the stupid the stupid things that we've done in the past yeah. there because we know that it's it's dumb but for whatever reason you know it's i just look at it as a celebration of how kooky we are about hockey in this country that we would do a 10-hour show involving mostly trades for seventh defensemen and third round picks right mm -hmm. i just i just think it's the perfect you know encapsulation of how crazy we are in canada and and that's why i love it beautiful um you've been very kind with your time and we know you've got to yeah, you've got to get to work i have one final question i promise it won't take very long yeah it's all good all good Ted, Ted if, you, if you got a that. couple more if you got a couple more i got a couple more minutes so this this one because i mean we're like I said, we're seriously unserious on our show. Uh, and because, I mean, we're not going to ask the wheels versus doors question. I do not want the answer for that one. Um, Zellers, Sears, or Wolko? If you could have one of those back, what would it be? <laughs> I was a big... Uh, no, screw Kmart. They're not Canadian. I think, <laughs> uh, I think all of the Forbes Duffies were, were big Zellers people. 
it was uh, <laughs> it was the Zellers uh, in the East End of uh, Gloucester. I think the Midnight Madness with all the balloons. I think Wolco was like. You know, sometimes mom would get dressed up and go downtown to Wolko. Wolko, oh. in my in my world, Wolko was like Saks Fifth Avenue when Mama went in there. <laughs> Welcome to Canada, folks. Yeah, that was a that was a big deal. If you got if mom James got a sweater from Wolko for Christmas, that's right. Yeah. yeah, James, put on your slacks. We're in my shirt. We're gonna go to Wolko. That's aw that's that's great. Yeah, that's so honestly good. if if no one if this is the one little thing that one tidbit that people uh, bring out of it, not the could stuff. you add, they could add that to my uh, add to my Wikipedia. Somebody that's true. Wiki. James yeah. Forbes Duffy six big <clears throat> Zellers fan. Typing right now, Ted. Did you have like a final one for James? <laughs> no, I just wanted to say say thanks. I know we're we, we are sort of running up on time, but. We like to just take a minute to just sort of do the shameless plug time. So, like, tell us what's going on with you. Maybe what we can look forward to. Uh, Trade Center, you know, new books on the horizon, all that good stuff. Just please tell us, uh, you know, what's going on with James Duffy. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, no new books to plug. Um, <laughs> I the one thing I find about writing books is that uh, it takes a lot out of me, and uh, I take about three or four years between them. And I always say I'll never write another one because it's just. TV's really easy compared to book writing. And so mm -hmm. they, they want me to write a sequel to Beauties because it's done fairly well, but I can't wrap my head around dedicating a year to doing it yet. So somewhere down the line, maybe. Uh, I mean, I have my own podcast, but I, I, I like to keep it low profile. I'm the only guy who doesn't plug their podcast. I like, you know, I like a small base audience because some of the topics go a little offside that's on that podcast. We, that's, that's, we just necessarily... asked you about Sears and Wolko. Listen, but <laughs> that's we're... right. I think we're about far aside from that. You uh, it's called the Rubber Boots Podcast. It's yeah. really dumb, uh, but it's fun. Um, I got a lot coming up. I uh, this is kind of a, a, a time of the year where my worlds are colliding. So trade deadline happens, and then I'm going to put on a soccer hat for a while and host the World Cup draw um, when after Canada qualifies, which they will surely next week, Ooh, can't and, wait. which will be yeah, which will be a massive which will be a massive deal. So I will try to not screw that up. And the day after the World Cup draw, I fly to Augusta to do the Masters. So um, busy time, but a wonderful time. Super lucky to do all those things. We uh, we may need to. I may need to text you some photos. We might need to get you a Masters. We we have a PP one uh, Masters collection that I just ordered today. So we might need to. I mean, not like you're going to wear it at the Masters. That'd be weird. But uh, oh, like a like a what like a t-shirt you got? Like, yeah, we got hats, t-shirts. It's uh, oh, like yeah. that's the one thing we're known for our swag. So if um, you uh, if, if you if send me a hat, if you send me something, I will I will wear the hat at Augusta National and take a photo for you guys. Well, I'm ordering one more as soon as we're done here. All right, that's James. The least, least least I could do for a couple of Corona boys. I I said this off air before we started, but I, I will tell your listeners. Um, I have a, uh, Kelowna is one of my like kind of dream retirement spots. I don't know if it'll ever happen because I hope to work in TV as long as they'll have me. And unfortunately I kind of got to work in Toronto for this, but I was a BC boy. I, I lived in Victoria when I was a kid. My dad's from BC and, uh, Kelowna, I have a lot of friends out there. I would love to move to Kelowna. So at some point, hopefully. I'll come out and, and join you gentlemen. Let us know when you got a week. We'll make sure we got tea time. Yeah, it's the very you. worst. We'll, we'll hit Predator for a round. It'll be good. Done. Damn straight. Thanks, boys. Done. Thank you, James. Uh, have a good show tonight. All right. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks a lot. Excellent. Take care. How great is James Duffy? Oh, what a guy. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. 
um, like just d- down to earth too. And I mean, we almost got the answer to Strombone one. <laughs> I think I'll have to do some research, and I think we'll get it. But uh, and really, truly, like a good guy. We were talking just off air, yeah. Sort of saying goodbye to James, but uh, Ian McClutchy, who gave you the hookup to get a hold of James, yeah, had kind of shared this really cool story about the fact that um, after Team Ten Forty ended, James made sure to reach out to to all the guys to just say, hey. You know, we're thinking about you, heard about everything going on with you guys. And, and, and I think it just takes, I mean, obviously it takes somebody in the industry to know who your people are. But obviously it, all, it takes somebody to, to, yeah. to, to prove that he's like a caring person and, and sure. someone who cares. So, yeah, really, really cool guy and really happy to have him on the show. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, that is the PP1 Podcast with James Duffy. Uh, have a great week, folks. Good luck. Uh, enjoy Trade Deadline Day. Peace out. It's your boy, Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two podcast and DB2 Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Fridays. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2 Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2 Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.